way by way. Mercy. You can't doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're gonna have to deal with the Chiefs. Hello, everyone. This is Ross Harris. You are listening to Kingdom City, reclaiming sports journalism for Christ and his kingdom. On this week's episode, we talk NBA playoffs, the good, the bad, and the blowouts, as well as the puck drops in the NHL playoffs. Who will hoist Lord Stanley's Cup? Find out now on Kingdom City. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kingdom City. This is Ross Harris, joined by Gideon Beeler. Let's start with the NBA playoffs. We start off with what was, in my opinion, the game of the weekend. This one was wild from tip-off. Both teams scored in bunches, and we had lead change after lead change down the stretch, culminating in a do-or-die three-point attempt by the Warriors. Now, let's get right into it in Sacramento as the Kings take on the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry saying in an interview before the game that this was the first time in his career that he had ever taken a bus to a playoff game on the road. Exciting to see who would jump out in front in game one of this hotly contested battle for California. Now the story coming into the series was the Warriors' abysmal road record versus the Kings' NBA leading offense. Could the four-time champs stop the high-flying Kings? This game was electric. You had the Warriors throwing heavy punches with three-pointer after three-pointer from Curry, DiVincenzo, and Thompson. And you had the return of Andrew Wiggins from his two-month hiatus, who looked in game shape on defense, though still working his way into things on offense, it seems. You had Draymond Green controlling the paint. You had Kevon Looney matching down low against one of his best center forwards in the league. And on the flip side... You had De'Aaron Fox, one of the fastest men in the league, going blow for blow with the big three of Golden State. You had Malik Monk coming off the bench and helping his college teammate De'Aaron Fox. They combined for 70 points in this game. You had Harrison Barnes going up against his former team as they discarded him after a failed championship run. You had the aptly named Trey Hiles dropping timely trays when the Kings needed them. And lastly, you had Domantas Sabonis leading his team to the playoffs for their first appearance since 2006. This game had everything. This game was the game of the playoffs thus far, and it was only game one of these best of sevens. Gideon, we missed your incredible NBA insight last week. You heard my elite level takes about how the Kings are going to win this series. You heard all the things you most assuredly agreed with coming into this week. After a week off spent with family, what are your thoughts on what happened in this NBA tip-off playoff weekend? Well, first my thoughts are, you're a liar. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely did not agree with you. (laughs) Oh, man, this was exactly what we get excited about for the NBA playoffs. You know, if you like the NBA, you probably don't normally watch the regular season. It's 82 games. It's a lot to keep track of. Um, but man, once the playoffs get started, I lock in and I, I try to watch as much playoff basketball as I can because it is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it gets, what I really like about playoff basketball, Ross, is it gets so physical. The refs just seem to swallow that whistle and n- n- let the dudes play. Well, it's not, and, and the speed 
the speed on the floor mm-hmm. is just through the roof because like and we see this in other sports too but when it, when it's crunch time especially like in the NFL NFL playoffs the speed of playoff caliber teams versus the speed of everyone else it, it's not comparable mm-hmm. these teams are good they know what they're doing their offense works and it's it we we are seeing the best of the best play out and yep. now we I don't think these seeds are honest comparisons of where these teams are because again there's only four games difference between right. these two guys between the, the kings and the warriors but gideon man this game had everything yeah this game was electric it was intense i yeah it was definitely the best game of the weekend of the opening weekend of the playoffs for sure and i was on the edge of my seat watching it like if you watch it and it's like one team would hit a shot and you'd be thinking oh that's it man that's the yeah, that's the, the dagger, dagger or yeah. man the momentum swinging their way and then they come the other team comes right back down the floor and pow they do the same thing you're like okay wait is the momentum swinging back the other way <laughs> so we had what stood out to me was you have um De'Aaron fox and malik monk they combined for 70 points for the Kings. Yeah. Incredible performance. And Malik Munch, Monk was coming off the bench yeah, to do that. And he put up, th- what, 32 points? 32 points. In 29 minutes of play. Yeah, over a point a minute. Over a point a minute. Which is impressive if you don't know that. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, it's crazy. The the Kings bench contributed, um, I think it was fift- like 55 of their points. Yeah. And then the starters contributed 71. Like, what more can you ask for mm-hmm. in a playoff game than your bench contributing almost half of your team's points? Yeah. Sacramento did what they everyone knew they had to do, which was mm-hmm. go toe-to-toe with the Warriors and score more points than them. And they have to hold home court. Yeah. They have to hold home court because with the Warriors, it, it's ever, so well documented and talked about how poor the Warriors are on, on the, the road. road. Right. They are atrocious on the road they won 11 games mm-hmm. on the road and you'd think this one wouldn't feel like a road game they took a bus to get there they didn't have to fly they didn't have to go anywhere they didn't have to change time zones mm-hmm. they didn't have to they probably didn't even have to bring a change of clothes period <laughs> they were going to make it home in time but from the the, the warriors jumped out ahead at, by halftime Steph playing with a spoon one more to DiVincenzo and DiVincenzo laces the three Thompson to the corner, Green, back to Clay Thompson, and Clay knocks down the three. With good hands, makes the steal. Thompson driving on Murray, nice dime inside, Peyton the second with a layup. They put pressure on them well. Um, I thought the officiating in this game was a little shaky. Um, I still don't think traveling is a rule in the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Only once you plant your foot. Right. Your pivot foot. Right. Um, Do they call traveling anymore? I have to say, though, I was a little disappointed with one facet of the Kings team. The fact that they won? No. Me too. No, 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 because they were winning. But uh, Domantas Sabonis, he had a very pedestrian game for this team, which is incredible that they still won. That's what I was going to say. If you're a Kings fan, you got to be excited about that. He had a poor game. And the team still won. So, right. so I mean, he had a double-double. He had, what, 12 points, 16 rebounds? Yeah. But when that's your job, when he leads the league in double-doubles, mm-hmm. when he leads, when he's, that's not good enough. Right. For a player of his caliber. 
yeah, to go far in the NBA playoffs, to 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 go deep into the playoffs, you, your superstars have to perform like superstars. When the, when it's time, they have to play the superstar basketball. Mm-hmm. So you can't have, you know, when it's crunch time, game seven, guys falling apart and and not playing like that. Right, because when we had, I think it was in the beginning of the season when the Kings made this blockbuster trade for Sabonis. For some of these other players that they were bringing in, trading with the Pacers to get some of these guys. Mm-hmm. And every pundit and every analyst was um, chortling, was laughing, was in- saying the Kings were making the worst trade mm-hmm. of the offseason and that they were never going to make it to the playoffs with this roster. And now here they are as the third seed, and the Kings surely saved those receipts. They made sure, they're making sure that everyone knows Sabonis played the best basketball of his career this regular season. Mm -hmm. Now, will they be able, will they survive on the road if Sabonis plays like this? Absolutely not. There's no way the Warriors let them get away with a subpar performance like that from one of their best guys. Yeah. Again. When Oracle gets rocking. Yes. Steph gets knocking down three pointers. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and... I think that's the other part of this is that it wasn't like Clay Thompson, it wasn't like Steph Curry, it wasn't like Draymond Green. They didn't play bad either. Mm-hmm. They the you, the guys for the Warriors for the most part showed up. Now, what's going to happen now that Andrew Wiggins has shaken the rust off? He's had a game back. I'm not sure if one game is shaking the rust off, but it'll be interesting to see coming down the stretch, but I still uh, I'm sticking to my my pick of Kings and Seven. Yeah. Still. I would tell you what, watching speaking of Wiggins, watching the, I was watching the game and um he had a somewhat open three that he I mean, as soon as I was watching it and he, he shot it from uh, not the corner, not the top of the key, but the wing. Mm-hmm. And uh basically right in between the top of the key and the corner. And as soon as it let go of his hand and he was on <laughs> I could tell oh goodness no, that's not going in it looked like and, one of my shots oh it was bad <laughs> you could tell that had way too much power and it was way off and it hit like from the side he was shooting it hit on the opposite side of the backboard and bounced off the opposite barely necked to the rim I was like oh yikes that was bad um, and I'm thinking well there you go you know yeah. when you don't play mm-hmm. 25 games you know out for 25 consecutive games or however many he was out for. Yeah, it was about two months, I think, he was gone. Yeah, it turns out you can't just come back in and drain threes like you were before, right? Right. He had that, and then he had a go-ahead bucket in the last minute and a half, fast break. Guys doubled Clay as he was driving to the bucket, and Clay kicks it to him in the corner, wide open, chance to go up by two, and bricks it. And I'm like, I, I when I watched that, I was like, ugh. And let's talk about De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk. They were not guardable. No. The seven-minute mark, Fox accelerates, got it to go. Man, he popped the clutch. Especially at home. Skip pass to Murray for three. Got the rebound. Blocked by Green. Sabonis with the board and the putback. Fox guarded by Wiggins. This should be an intriguing matchup. Fox got to his office. Why not for three? That is the most Malik thing that you will see for now. 
De'Aaron Fox could get to the basket whenever he wanted to. You're talking about a team that has their wing defenders. I mean, you got Steph, who's and he's not an elite defender, but he's a adequate defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Payton, the second, who is a great defender mm-hmm. at, at the guard position. Clay is um, all defensive team. Mm-hmm. He's a great defender. Andrew Wiggins is an elite defender. Elite defender. Um, this team is a great defensive team, yeah. and it's proven it time and again in the playoffs, specifically at the guard position. Right. And yet. And yet they just could not stop Malik Monk. If if his brain said it's time to go to the basket, no one could dissuade him. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they were having a lot of trouble, and I I wanted to run this by you. I was just thinking about this as we're talking. Is the fact that King, that the Kings coach Mike Brown, former assistant at Golden State, during their championship years. Mm-hmm. How important is that to have do you, a guy who knows the weaknesses of the team that he's playing against? He knows the strength. He knows the weaknesses. He's been there with most of those guys. He's coached most of those guys. How how do we how what kind of an impact do you think that has on the Kings team going in when he says, "You think Mike Brown can be like, look, we can take these guys, and here's how." Yeah, for sure. Like that's a huge advantage, especially in the locker room and getting the guys that you're coaching to believe mm-hmm. that they can. Right? Mm-hmm. There's that saying that says, "Whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right." Mm-hmm. Like if you believe that yeah. you can win, then you'll win. If you believe you can't win, especially in sports, then you'll lose. You'll find a way to lose. So if your coach can tell you, guys, I know these guys. Like I know you. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what they're good at. I know exactly where they're weak at. You know, I know the exact angle you you can take to take advantage of them, um, and I can show you. That gives you that boost of confidence. Be like, oh, we can do this. You know, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that's a huge. You obviously don't know what goes on behind the scenes in terms of how that actually plays out in the coaching, um, but yeah, that's a huge advantage. And the Kings, they're a franchise that coming into this season, their confidence was at a critical low. We're talking about a, one of the most down and out, hard of luck franchises of all time. They had the reigning longest uh, playoff drought in right. I think it was two thousand six. American sports, yeah, two thousand six. They hadn't been in the playoffs since then, and now here they are delivering a round, like a first, the first punch of the series to the champs, to the, the reigning champs, to a team. That is trying to change the narrative of this era of the NBA, this post-Kobe era of the NBA, where for the longest time we've said this is LeBron's era. This team is on the verge of changing it to the Warriors era, the Steph Curry era. Mm -hmm. And depending on how this postseason goes, whether the who comes out of the West, be it the Warriors, be it the Lakers, be it the Suns, This is going to go a long way into determining how we think back on this era of the NBA. For sure. If Steph gets another ring or if LeBron gets another ring, that would go a big way to solidifying either of those arguments. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on. Speaking of LeBron, let's move on to the one of the other big, big games of the playoffs. We had Lakers-Grizzlies coming in next in high drama. Mm -hmm. Before this series, you had Dylan Brooks, world-class trash talker, (laughs) controversy builder, uh, saying if he he had to pick an opponent to play in the playoffs, he'd love to play against Los Angeles in the fight in LeBron's. If there's any team, any person on 
dislike the most that you would look forward to playing in this first round? Dislike, I don't really dislike nobody. You know, I just bring a competitive edge, um, but I wouldn't mind playing LeBron uh, in a seven-game series. Um, the legacy's there. Uh, first time back in the playoffs, knock them out right away in the first round. Um, but it'll test us good, you know? They got good pieces, good players, and it'll be a good first-round matchup for us. <laughs> now, Austin Rivers came up huge. You had Anthony Davis clearly saying to the camera after one moment in the game, I can't move my arm, mouthing that to the camp to his teammates. You had John Morant again in the playoffs. I think we're all excited to see him back there. Now, the question is, can he lead the Grizzlies with his dynamic ability, with his athleticism? Can he lead them after his controversial end of the season mm -hmm. where he was just tumultuous for him. You also had Luke Kennard for the Grizzlies, the guy who broke LeBron's high school scoring record. There's lots to play for here. Mm -hmm. The Lakers are fresh. They've learned how to play without LeBron. LeBron's rested for the last few weeks. Now, all, but the other thing is LeBron is also 38 now. LeBron is... Mm, he's getting old. And father time is undefeated. I can't tell. <laughs> right. Now some of it, we can't tell. Now, the thing is, we have LeBron is different from a lot of other players because he is, you can't beat him with strength. No. He is stronger than you. What he has struggled with is length on defense. LeBron is just the opposite. He can get around length because he's also a lengthy guy, a lithe guy. But what he struggles against is strength. People like P.J. Tucker mm -hmm. would be able to shut him down. So the Lakers come in as the seventh seed, although they're the seventh seed that no one wanted to play, um, coming in against the number two Grizzlies. The Lakers take game one. Yeah, unexpected. Unexpected. In a, in a like a uh, resounding fashion. Like, it wasn't close. It wasn't. And... Here's a stat that I think is absolutely damning for the Grizzlies coming forward in this series is when LeBron has won game one of a series, when his team has won game one, he is he has only lost twice. Yeah. Those are not like we're talking about the time when he was like checked out on the Cavaliers mm -hmm. and checked out and I think it was against um I think it was one series with the Lakers as well. Um, when they had won game one and lost. Mm. Um, the track record history says it's going to be a long uphill battle now for the Grizzlies. Yeah, they lost home court advantage. Mm -hmm. And the Lakers are definitely one of the scarier teams because of how physical they are. They, I mean, they lead the league in points in the paint and free throw attempts per game. So they're just going to out-physical you. Right. They're just going to be more physical than you. Mm -hmm. And so they've got like the Grizzlies have a tall order now that they've lost the home court advantage. Um, and if they, I mean, if you, if you drop game two, yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much a wrap. And I know Kobe would say job's not finished, but <laughs> that's pretty much a wrap. Right. And the Lakers capitalized on a huge, huge adjustments in at halftime. They were up by five after the first, and then found themselves. Um, they got outscored in the second quarter by 11 
by Memphis. So they're down by six, but then they come right back with a 12-point lead, or they outscore them by 12 in the third quarter. Austin Reeves, you remember that hilarious picture that was floating around after with LeBron telling Austin Reeves what to do mm-hmm. and this look of like, just like deer-in-the-headlights expression mm-hmm. from Austin Reeves? And, okay, whatever LeBron told him, it worked. Message received, it worked. This guy uh, led the Lakers with 23 points on the night. Hachimura wants it. He's got Morant on him. Here comes the double-team Aldama. Hachimura kicks it out to an open Reeves for three. Puts it in as the shot clock expires. And a lead up to four. And I'm still okay if Hachimura's the shooter. Reeves fakes. Reeves behind the back. Hachimura, three-pointer. Puts it in. Rui Hachimura. Looking the greatness of Reeves with that behind-the-back pass on the money. And Reeves on the money with the jump shots. Lakers clinging to a three-point lead. Grizzlies trying to win without Morant. Reeves a three. Bang! Reeves from way downtown. And you see him when he's running back after making these points, yelling, I'm him. I'm him. <laughs> and it's just so funny looking at this guy who looks like he's straight out of like... He's literally undrafted. Undrafted. Looks like he came straight out of a youth group meeting <laughs> or something. The guy who looks like a youth pastor. He's draining threes. He shot three for five. He shot three for five from three-point line. And with with him on the floor, they're plus 15. With Anthony Davis on the floor, they're plus 27. Yeah. How about Hachimura? He played. Right. 29 points yeah. for him in 30 minutes. Official scores. Russell cross-court Hachimura. Corner three. Got it. Hachimura, 11 points in 15 minutes off the bench. Lakers back within one. Another fine play by D'Angelo Russell. Morant knocks down the shot. Roddy trying to muscle Russell. Hachimura, another open look. Another three-pointer. Rui Hachimura. Hachimura, they're letting him shoot. Hachimura knocks down another. 17 points in 17 minutes for Hachimura. He led the Lakers all across the board. Yeah. 29 points from a guy who, I mean, that's that's kind of stuff you need in the playoffs. I said mm-hmm. you need your stars to play like stars. Mm-hmm. You also need your role players to you know, it doesn't have to be the same guy every game, but you need a role player to have an unexpected mm-hmm. big game impact. You know, what's what's shocking is with how the with how with the Lakers putting up 128 points. Gideon, what if I, I'm going to ask you how many points do you think they got off their bench? The Lakers out of 128. 128. Yeah, uh, 45. 39. Mm. They got 39 points off their bench and still scored 128. Wow. They outscored the Kings. And the Kings got like fi- like fifty five points off their yeah. bench. So the Lakers are strong. The Lakers are very well balanced. Yeah, team. Right when now. they're on, and then when they're off, they don't look good at all. Yeah. Did you see the interview with LeBron? The post game interview no, with LeBron about it. after. So it was after they beat the Timberwolves in the playing game. The guy was the reporter asked him about the Grizzlies, and he. Li- <laughs> Literally gave a person-by-person scouting report on the entire Grizzlies roster. Uh, really, I mean, just a really good team. Very well coached, very well balanced. Obviously, the head of Snake is John Morant. Uh, but another all-star in Jaron Jackson, who was up there, won a defensive player of the year. His ability to block shots, but offensively, he's you know very dynamic as well. 
Tyus Jones, uh, the point guard off the bench, has led the league in the assist turnover ratio like the last six years. Um, so he compliments them very well. Desmond Bain, I think in his third year, um, second or third year, but he plays like a like a veteran. You know, his ability to shoot the ball from the three point line is also his ability to, you know, attack an early transition. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks, um, you know, an opportunity to go out there and and uh, you know you can't disrespect him because he makes shots and um, you know and um, you know. Xavier Tillman has been playing good basketball. Obviously, he's been well coached all the way from college days, you know, with Coach Izzo, um, you know, to now, um, and, and, and so on and so on. I mean, you know, they got Luke Kennard, who broke my scoring record uh, in high school. Um, he passed me in high school, um, and there's a reason why, because he has, he's a he's a laser from the three-point line. His ability to shoot the ball, um, you know, is, is uncanny. And um, and they got so many other guys also off the bench that um, you just you can't, you can't disrespect because they will – they will make you pay. Um, obviously, I haven't thought about Memphis one one minute. <laughs> like broke down exactly what each guy's good at, and exactly like like you can tell the guy's just a student of the game. Yes, even at thirty eight years old, watches mm-hmm. so much film. He he's on record saying, you know, when like if he's like injured. And or, or or you know night off their team's not playing like what he does is he just watches NBA basketball like mm. that's what he likes to do, wow. um, and so he just gave this like player by player scouting report on each guy and then he goes so yeah no I, I don't know nothing about the Grizzlies <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and then comes out this game and goes yeah let me tell you exactly what I know about the Grizzlies how to beat them. <laughs> That's insane. So, like, let's talk about LeBron. He had 21 points. So, we, I think it's the, the league has made it very clear that LeBron is not the uh, viewed as among the best players in the NBA anymore. He's not top of the MVP voting anymore. Right. Um, I'm going to say he's still top 10 player in the league. Top 10, right. But he's not in that, he's not in the MVP tier sure, sure. anymore. Yeah. I think and, that's. That part of his career is behind him. So I'm not going to hold him to the standard of MVP player. I'm not going to hold him to the standard of prime LeBron. Okay. Um, but let's talk about he had 21 points, 11 rebounds, five assists, two steals, three blocks. Like he's he's still an impact player, which is insane at the age of 38 and still logging 34 minutes. Yeah, he's the best 38 year old player we've ever seen. Right. And. <laughs> like I, I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. Yes, Michael Jordan's greatest of all time. Same, but Michael Jordan at 38 for the Wizards was nope. a dumpster fire. Yeah, nope. Like, <laughs> not, not this is amazing what LeBron's doing, and keeping his body in prime physical um, performance and mm-hmm. and being able to do what he does at, at 38. It's just unprecedented. Yeah, in basketball at least. Obviously, right. we saw Tom Brady do it in football. Right. This is unprecedented in basketball. Right. Because you have to play both sides of the ball in basketball. You yep. have to be able to move and be able to do that stuff. And your athlete, you like Tom Brady didn't rely on his athleticism. Right. Right. He relied on his brain. Right. To, to get him that far. Right. Now, obviously, he started to throw the ball and mechanics. There's athleticism that goes into that. But LeBron, I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say that it takes more athleticism to play basketball at a professional level than it does quarterback. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if. Uh, if um if Joe Flacco can play quarterback, <laughs> I'm okay with or Ben Roethlisberger or ben with a big old beer gun <laughs> or or Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, <laughs> it's a lot different. Um, or Peyton Manning and Eli watching them run in slow motion compared to everyone else. But I mean, 
It just it's just a different sport, different position, different brain you need, and definitely a different body. Yeah, you definitely need different to play athletics. those sports. Yeah. But speaking of one uh, aged veteran, let's go to another series that had them. Um, let's move to let's let's fly to Phoenix, and we have a super team there: yeah. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. Just saying those names, like that's a heck of a starting lineup. Yeah. in the Valley. So they take on the Paul George list Clippers and Kawhi Leonard, the cloth. Now this game was close. It was back and forth. It was a tight game. The the final score was only the Clippers winning by five. Yes, I said that right. The Clippers Mm -hmm. won game one. In Phoenix. In Phoenix by five. Without Paul George. Now... This is an important series for the Suns, even without if Kevin Durant never shows up for this team. Because everyone remembers, what was our last image of the the Phoenix Suns last uh, season? Losing in Game 7 to the Mavericks and getting crushed by Luka. Like, <laughs> I it, watched that game and I was like, like, what just happened? Dude, crushed is putting it nicely. They were down by, what, 40? It was half-time? absolutely embarrassing. Game 7. In Phoenix. In Phoenix. And so this... this the Suns need this. Mm-hmm. So they go out, then they make the impact signing. They go, like, we can't, we will not get embarrassed again. Yeah. We are going to. At the trade to, deadline. Right. Went and got KD. They got KD at the deadline and said, we're not, we're not reliving this. It's going to change now. We're going to. And now. Because most people had written them off. They're like, that was their chance. They lost it. Mm-hmm. And so now another team's going to take it. The Suns are done. Exactly. So you had this high impact game. And then just when the Suns had pulled back an enormous lead that the Clippers had built through the first two quarters, the Clippers were able to pull away by the end of the game and take home a five-point lead and take home the game. Now, I want to talk about Kevin Durant with this and how we look at him as a player. Because Charles Barkley and him and Kevin Durant have not had a friendly relationship (laughs) historically. Um, You have... Charles Barkley saying that Kevin Durant will never be respected by the old guard of the NBA because he's never been the guy Mm -hmm. to lead the team. Now, that can be debated, I think, depending on what team you look at. Like, did he leave Oklahoma City? Did he go to an already built Golden State team? Yes. Was he the main scoring threat, I think, in one of those Golden State years when they won the title? I think you can make Both the case. Yeah, you can make the case that he was absolutely. He, yeah, he went to a team that had already won a title, but at the same and won one after him. But you can also argue they wouldn't have won the two in between without him because mm-hmm. they lost to the Cavs after being up three-one. Right. Still can't believe they lost. They, they lost that. Um, so you you have this game where Kevin Durant is now playing for the team that Charles Barkley went to the finals with. And Barkley had a chance to bring this city their first title ever. Against? Against Michael Jordan's Bulls, 1993, the first of Jordan's two three-peats, the first of the Bulls' two three-peats. And Barkley, of course, had that famous moment. I think it was in game five against the... No, game four against the Bulls, where Barkley said that he had never once felt like there was a player better than him in the NBA until game four of that finals when 
He played the best game that he had ever played in his entire career. And they lost <laughs> to Michael Jordan and the Bulls. And that was when he knew that Jordan was the guy. Yeah. And that was when he knew that Jordan was the guy. He won Bulls, baby. And so then you had the you had Jordan take care of Barkley. John Paxton, of course, hit the game winning, the title clinching shot in game six in Phoenix. So now you have Kevin Durant playing for the Suns. Kevin Durant, the, the Suns need to win this series. Yeah. There is no acceptable performance for this team that is anything short of winning a championship. You have Chris wow. Paul. So it's, you say it's chip or bust? For me, what what else can you do with this team? I mean, yeah, they made it to the finals two years ago. So you have they were up two to nothing on a on the Bucks team that was um that the Bucks turned it around. They won four straight then. Mm-hmm. The Suns had everything going their way. They had everything in their favor against the Mavericks and then let that one get away. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how, if I'm the GM of the Suns, I can keep saying, Devin Booker's going to lead us to the promised land. Because if he hasn't done it by now with the pieces around them that they have had, you I mean, we're talking DeAndre Ayton, we're talking Chris Paul, we're talking Kevin Durant. If you can't get it done with Kevin Durant, with those other guys around you, yeah. it, it's not happening. Time to reshuffle. Time to re- Yeah, exactly. Time to reshuffle, time to rebuild. Um. So the Clippers come away from this in Phoenix with the one nothing series lead. Then we go into Cavs next. I think with some of the other games that happened, apart from Cleveland and New York, these games were probably not being watched that yeah. heavily. Um, now I picked, um, I picked the Knicks to win this series mm. because the Knicks won the season series over them three to one. And even though the Cavs have a stellar defense, fantastic defensive players. And they have they have Donovan Mitchell, I believe, mm-hmm. on their team as well. Great score. Darius Garland, Jonathan Allen, who's up yeah. for defensive player of the year. Exactly. But even despite having that phenomenal defense, somehow the Knicks still continue to always score well against them. Mm-hmm. So I went with them. Now the Knicks, I believe, came away with game one. Yep. And they're up one nothing. In Cleveland. In Cleveland. So it'll be curious to see how that series continues to play out. What thoughts do you anything to add on that? Um Gideon? I mean, the, the, I think the Cavs. That's interesting that you picked the Knicks. I mean, you've got you made you made good points last week on the podcast um, on why you think the Knicks would win. I don't disagree with you. I just think I just think the Cavs can be very dangerous. If the Cavs can beat the Knicks, they can be very dangerous to those two big teams in Boston. Mm-hmm. Three big teams in Boston, Philadelphia, and uh, Milwaukee. The, yeah. the Cavs have a chance to be able to like really not surprise and maybe knock one of those teams out in the second round and make it to the to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I'd like to see they just have so much explosive offensive power and great defense as well. So with their defense, whoever whoever they do play against, it's going to be a grind to beat the Cavaliers just because they are so freaking tenacious mm-hmm. on defense all the time. And they just grind you down. Yeah. So I'll be curious to see how that plays out. With that in mind, speaking of getting ground down, let's talk about the Heat and the Bucks. Wow! Because if there was one score that I was that made me raise my eyebrows, it was this one for th- sure. This one was very shocking because if you just look at the box score and you see how on earth did Miami beat the Bucks one thirty to one seventeen? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the number one seed in the East, the Bucks, 
losing at home by 13 to Jimmy Butler and a bunch of guys. Yeah. Um, like, but then the 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 box score doesn't always tell the tale of the game. Right. And something tragic went down in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. I believe um, our guy, my guy at least, Giannis. The he Greek went, freak. The Greek freak. He went down injured. Yeah. Pulled his back or spasm or something in right. his back. Gosh, I hope it's not back spasms. I I had a bout with that in junior year of high school. It, it is the worst. Yeah, back spasms aren't fun. No. So, thankfully, the reports on – or the tests on Giannis were negative. So, he should be back. Yeah. But – Don't know what he's going to be back right. at. What capacity, what right. – like, we don't know what we're getting. What, so, how much he trusts his body. So, now it's all on Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and them and what they can get done. Against playoff Jimmy. Playoff Good luck. Right. But on the flip side, Tyler Hero, he's out. He's also got hurt, yeah. Broke his hand. Yeah, which is big. Right. He's a, He's a – he was six man of the year last year. Right. And a young, phenomenal player for Spolstra on this team. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to make of this series because some guys are injured now and hurt. Now we just need, we don't, we, we kind of have to wait till game two or three to see what we're going to get. Yeah. I mean, I think it was Nick Wright, I think on, on Fox Sports that said, uh, he made a joke when the Heat and the, and the Bulls were playing for that eighth scene in the play-in. He's like, it feels like they're just playing to see who's going to get swept by the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to win that one, you know. But then he came out and proved otherwise. Yeah, I don't know. I think the Bucks will still win. That's I, what I think. I, I trust, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, I trust the quality of the top-tier teams mm-hmm. to come through. Um, you like watching dominance. I love, be watch, dominant. I love watching dominance. I, I, I don't want to see the Heat. I don't want to see an eight seed Heat team. I don't want to see a team with forty four wins. Yeah, knock a team out with fifty eight. Yeah, that's just boring. I mean, because then they're just going to get pounded on by whoever wins in the next round. You'd be surprised. The Heat were in the Eastern Conference Championship last year. Yeah, yeah, they were, and took it to seven against the Celtics. Yeah, that's true. And missed on a game-winning three by Jimmy to lose in Game Seven, if I remember right. I could be wrong though. As a Chicagoan, I, I hate <laughs> seeing the Heat do well. They were one of the Bulls' arch nemeses in the '90s with Alonzo Mourning in them. Yeah, it was never fun to play against them. They were always a pain in the butt. Um, speaking of pains, 76ers and Nets. 76ers delivered a butt whooping mm-hmm. on this team. It just delivered a second butt weapon. Yeah. Uh, did that game go final yet? I believe so. Let me double check. Um, yeah. Okay. They beat him by 12. Beat him by 12 again. Okay. Less than 100 points. You rarely see that in a playoff game. Yeah. 96 to 84. Um, so you have the 76ers who are led by probably the eventual MVP. Yeah. Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Um, his play... Not just throughout the season as a whole, but his play in crunch time. He is in... There's a clutch statistic uh, or a statistic on clutch moments. Yeah, clutchness, NBA. yeah. Clutchness, yeah, like in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. like within within lead change range or something. He's leading the league in like... He, he's in... I think he's in the top five in the league in points scored, in blocks, in yeah, rebounds. And he does it so, for a big man, for as big as 
uh, I mean, if you haven't seen Joel Embiid play basketball, you really should watch 76ers because you can pick out which one's him. He is much bigger than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like 7'1", and he, he's the closest thing in my mind to Shaq. Yeah. Since we've seen the closest thing to Shaq, and if you listen to Shaq on TNT, he's always like, come on, man, big man, be big. Yeah. Like, get in there and dominate. Like, yeah. he wants Joel to dominate the way that he do- did, which was just physically, right? Mm-hmm. But the way Joel does, the guy's got a jump shot that, I mean, his mid-range jump shot, turnaround jump shot, every time he takes a jump shot, I'm like, oh, there it was, bam, he made that, wow, he made that, wow, he made that, wow, he made that. It's like he's not, like, just backing you down and slamming it on your face like Shaq. Like, he's just able to shoot over the top of you and hit it, and then he's a good free-throw shooter. It's he, So if you foul him, you know, it's not hack-a-shack. If you foul him, he's going right. to make him. <laughs> right, and so... I don't see how the Nets do anything. Neither do they. <laughs> the Sixers team is so good. And apart from Doc Rivers, Doc Riversing his way to losing this series. Yeah. I don't see how the Nets can can The Nets throw carried a their Kyrie Kevin Durant record into right. this playoffs. Like, right. When they got traded, I think they were the number two seed. Mm-hmm. And so they fell all the way down to six. Like they got good players. They still have the good young players, but just not This is a stop the bleeding season for yeah, the Nets. They're just I think they know that they don't belong yeah. in this playoffs. So I yeah. I let's let, we don't I don't think we need to waste a lot of time talking about how much the net seventy sixers are gonna pound the snot out of yeah. the Nets. Um let's move on to our last game, the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. That was um, embarrassing. I would like to say the Timberwolves were playing um, soccer, maybe. So, <laughs> <laughs> as few as points as they scored, dude. They did not score above twenty three points in any given quarter. Yeah, in that game, Carl Car- Anthony Towns just—he's so streaky, man. Yeah, and that's my team. Minnesota's where I fell in love with basketball. So I—that's I, where I lived when I fell in love with basketball. And so were, I love the Timberwolves. Were you there during the KG days? Kevin Love days. Kevin Love days. All right. Kevin Love was the face of the Timberwolves. Dang, that feels like forever ago. Yeah. Wow. So you had Jamal Murray putting up 24 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. Jokic doing Jokic things. Yep. Passing the ball, rebounding it, and slightly scoring it. This this series also feels over just from game. Like, I know it's only game one. It hurts to say, but... Um, I think the Timberwolves can at least take one. Yeah, I think it should go five games. I'm hoping. Hope, may, hopefully five. Hopefully they. Can I think win they'll one get one in in Minneapolis. I always prefer more basketball over less basketball, but <laughs> um, this is <laughs> it's going to be a long uh, off season, I think, for these Timberwolves. But that's good. It's it's also good for the Nuggets because they've been counted out. Yeah. When you, when people talk about the people that are the team that's going to win the West. No one says Nuggets, and they're the number one seed. Right. I think they feel disrespected. Mm-hmm. So they come into this series and say, if they come in and sweep the Timberwolves, going around two, like, who? Sorry? I'm sorry? Yeah. Who's going to w- win the West? But see, with that, I would rather them not sweep then. I would rather the series go longer so that they keep that, like, intensity up going into the next one, and they don't feel like, yeah, we showed them what's up. We can sweep these little punks. Maybe. Like, I, I hope they keep that intensity going. but That chip on their shoulder. Yeah, that chip on their shoulder. Um, so that'll 
So, Gideon, you weren't able to give us your your real the real predictions. Yeah. See, I'm a casual NBAer. I'm a casual NBA fan. So I gave my predictions. I did not give the top two seeds predictions last week because we, they weren't finalized mm-hmm. when I recorded. But I'd like to hear. You are a true aficionado. You are a true <laughs> fan of the game. So tell me where I was wrong and tell me what you're going to get right. Okay. Well, I don't exactly remember yours, but I do remember one of them that's wrong, and that's the Kings Warriors. <laughs> so 76ers will win yes. against the Nets. Yeah, we, we agree, agree on with that. that. We yeah. agree with that. I'm just going to go through. Um, they're not going to be in like any order. I'm just going to go through. Um, Celtics, Hawks, Celtics will win that. That should not really be close. Four or five game series. Honestly, a lot of these you might I might say four or five game series, and you might be surprised, but I really do think that. Um, Knicks, Cavaliers. I think the Cavs win that in seven. I think that's one of the few that goes seven games. Um, that's one Cavs, where you differ on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. pick Knicks. But but that's one where I'm like, if the Knicks win it. Mm-hmm. In seven, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, right? I think I if had the Knicks won it in five. I'd be like, "Holy smokes, that was surprising." Yeah, I think I had Knicks winning it in six, but and part of that is not just because of the head-to-head, but also a little bit romantically. I want to see Madison Square Garden rocking, rocking as much as I can. Nice, Kings Warriors. I got Warriors in five, even though they lost what? game one. Warriors in five. Yes, dude, the disrespect. You have no respect for the beam. Hey. <laughs> One game, you got your one game. Congrats! Yeah, you won your playoff game. That's all right. There are three more home <laughs> games for us. Um, and then Lakers Grizzlies. Um, man, this one I really had. I, even I, I had the Grizzlies in seven. That'll be awesome. That, so that will be a fantastic series. What, that was my pick. My goodness. Now you know that might change after watching the first game, right? You know, but I'm gonna stick to my guns and say. Yeah. Grizzlies in seven, um, heat. But but I I had the Bucks sweeping the Heat, um, but that didn't happen. So there you go. I'm wrong. <laughs> but you still think the Bucks will win the series? Yes, easily. And like, but like you said, with the injuries, mm-hmm. without you don't really know. You know Tyler Hero's out, so that that should be a pretty much like he's a really really good player for them. Um, so that should be solidifying that they lose. But if if Giannis were to somehow go down in game two and just be out, then mm-hmm. it's just like a, I don't know, it's a toss up. Like, I don't know who's going to win that. Mm-hmm. Clippers, Suns, I would expect the Suns to win six. Um, I think that's what Nuggets, I Nuggets, Timberwolves, five. I think the Timberwolves can get one. Um, and that's all of them. Yeah, I think our, yeah, I think our only disagreements then are Kings, Warriors, um, Knicks, Cavs. Knicks, Cavs. So, other than that, I think we're. Did you have Grizzlies as well? Oh, I uh, know I didn't pick them because they were the they were still oh, yeah. going to play in games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would have um, actually. I think now that I'm thinking about it, if I had to pick going going back, then I would probably go Lakers in seven. We'll do that just for fun. There you go to make it interesting. Um, but anyway, very int- very cool, very cool. Now let's do our to close out the NBA playoff segment. Gideon, let's pick some heroes of this opening round one. And not Tyler Heroes, but <laughs> Heroes. So yeah. top, give me your top three players who had the who had top the three best performances. top three performances of of the opening of opening game weekend. One. Yeah. So number one goes to, or here I'll go number three. Yeah, I'll go good. bronze medal. Bronze medal, yeah. Bronze medal goes to uh, playoff Jimmy. Playoff Jimmy, thirty-five yeah. points, eleven assists. Yeah, he he played like 
he plays in the playoffs. When it comes to playoff time, Jimmy Butler is clutch. Mm-hmm. He is lights out, really, really good. Leads by example. Yeah. He, yeah. He is, I like Jimmy Butler. He's just a scrappy, you know, down to earth kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, so, bronze medal goes to Jimmy for that performance. Silver medal, we're going out west to Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi the call. 38 points, 5-5 five and five without Paul George, and you take down Katie and the Suns, you're going to get on medal stand. <laughs> now, Kevin Durant had himself a game, too. He was 27 points, 9 rebounds, 11 assists, yeah. one shy of a triple-double mm-hmm. in a losing effort. Insane. But, yeah, Kawhi Leonard, 38 points. Wow. Without, Jim, without Paul George. Yeah. So, yeah, Kawhi, you get that. Good job, dude. Well done. Now just don't uh, rest for the next two games. Right. <laughs> Faking injuries. And the gold medal stays out west to Ross's guy, Mr. De'Aaron Fox. Heck, yeah. With 38 points, second all-time in a playoff debut in NBA history. Amen. Only person to score more than him was Luka. That's crazy. Um, and... Yeah, it was a great game, and they got the win, so it's kind of hard not to give it to the, the guy who led his team to their first win since 2003, like 20 years or something like that. So. Absolutely. Fantastic. Good picks. An honorable mention. Honorable mention. I have one honorable mention. Hit me with it. Hachimura. Hachimura, yeah. I, I can live with that. That was well done. Those are good picks. I like, uh, I like that you recognize the great <laughs> players on my Kings team. Well done. So let's move on to a segment that I know that you are abundantly informed on and ready to talk about. Let's talk <laughs> NHL playoffs. <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Gideon, I've watched exactly 13 seconds of the NHL in my life. <laughs> who's uh, who's winning? Who's winning the the cup? Who's winning the Stanley Cup? Yeah. I would guess a hockey team, Ross. <laughs> if I had to guess, that's all good. So I'm here to talk about all these things. So let's talk about first. Let's st- let's start in the Western Conference. Let's talk about the reigning champs, the Colorado Avalanche. Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr. That team ended the season hot. They were strong coming into the end of it. They play against the Seattle Kraken. The that's your year team, team, right? My, yeah, that's my team, man. The Seattle Kraken. Uh, year two of this expansion franchise, Seattle. It. Let's just let's talk for a bit. Um, Seattle does not have the greatest goaltending. Colorado is one of the highest scoring teams. Not a good combination. Not a good combination. I'm not an NHL fan, but that no. doesn't sound like a good combination. No, it's not great at all. Um, so you have those two problems first of all, and then you have one of the highest scoring players in the NHL, Nathan McKinnon, on the Avalanche. This team can skate. The Avalanche can skate well. They can skate fast. And in the NHL, when it comes to playoff time, speed kills. And the Avalanche are still hungry. They have tasted success. And they want more of it. And they're going to take it. So I believe that the Avalanche take care of business quickly. And they take out my Kraken in five games. Mm-hmm. Moving on. We're going to Texas hockey. The Dallas Stars taking on the Minnesota Wild. You have um, their points leader, Jason Robertson, one of the best wingers in the game, one of the highest point scorers in the game. He had 
Uh, 46 goals, 63 assists for a total of 109 points. This guy is just a fantastic player. For the Wild? No, for the Stars. For the Stars. Yeah. And I think the Stars will win this one. <gasps> Not against my Minnesota Wild. <laughs> yes, it's your Minnesota Wild. Um, they this State of hockey. The Stars just have, I think they just have a, a much better player in Robertson on their team. Um, they have a solid goaltender in Ottinger. He's saving almost 92% of all the shots that he faces every single time he's out there. Um, while the Wild do have, of course, Marc-Andre Fleury, who is one of the all-time greats in goaltending, but he's only saving about 90% of the shots he faces. And when it comes to where are the goals going to come from, you look at Minnesota, their highest goal getter is at 40 and only has a 75 points total, 40 goals, 35 assists. And then you have Robertson who has 46 goals, 63 assists, 109 points. And then you have guys down the line. You have Jamie Penn, you have Jamie Ben, you have Joe Pavelski. They have the weapons. They got Tyler Sagan as well at center. I think the Stars take this one, but it's going to go to six games. Mm. And the Stars are well, the Wild. Who's the higher scene? Dallas. Stars. Dallas is the higher scene? Yep. 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 I think that uh, Dallas takes that one. Well, the Wild at the end of the first period are winning. There one to zero. <laughs> Thank goodness it's a seven-game series. <laughs> let's let's stay out West. But now we're going to talk about the number one overall seed in the West. That's the also expansion team of recent uh, mm. import, the Las Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Winnipeg Jets. Now, the Jets stumbled heavily late in the season. They were doing quite well, and then they just went on a cold streak, could not get anything done Canadian to team. save their life. Yes, another Canadian team. How many Canadian teams are there? Uh, you have Edmonton, you have Calgary, uh, Winnipeg, Toronto, Vancouver, um, I think grief. I'm missing That's one. That's a lot. Uh, I'm probably missing one somewhere in there. Um, hmm. But a Canadian team hasn't won the Stanley Cup, I think, in 30 years. Oh, so they're trying to get that done. But anyway, you have Vegas, who has made the playoffs four of their five years of their franchise's existence. And they've made two Stanley Cup finals appearances, I believe. They Their owner is aggressive. Their general manager is aggressive. If they think they can do it, they go and do it. They get the player they need to get it done. They are bolstered by the return of Mark Stone, their captain. They have one of the best American players to play in the NHL, Jack Eichel. Um, uh, they are ready to go. This team is primed and ready, and I think they're going to dispatch the Jets handily in five. There are not a lot of sweeps ever in the NHL. Mm. A lot of the teams have too much pride, but I think this game, this series gets done in five nice. for them. So then moving on to Edmonton, the Oilers versus the Kings. Okay. The Oilers, they're not the one seed, but they are a unit of... At the two seed? At the two seed. Like, they did not start... like. They have the best player in hockey on their team. Who's that? Connor McDavid. Hmm. He is captain of the team. He is the highest scoring player in the NHL this this season. He had um, over 150 points, I think. He scored uh, almost 70 goals this season. 
on top of numerous assists. He he's faster than everyone. He has such an eye for the goal, such a nose for the goal. He's big. He's strong. He's tough. This guy's this guy's awesome, and he is has a teammate as well, Leon Dreisaitl, also scored over sixty goals wow. this season. Edmonton is the most potent offense in the NHL. They scored three hundred twenty five goals in eighty two games. They're averaging almost three goals a game. Wow. Um, now their their Achilles heel has always been can they stop teams from scoring? Mm-hmm. So they ended the season I think on a nine zero run in games. And they beat the Colorado Avalanche in overtime in the penultimate game of the season as well, two to one in Colorado. Nice. So they are going to. It's important for them to win those low scoring games. And like I said, they beat Colorado two to one in their building. Um, Edmonton is actually my pick to win the Western Conference. Nice. They're going to, I think, take down Colorado on the other side. But moving on from there, um, I think the I think the Oilers. I don't think the Kings just the Kings just don't have the horses, in my opinion, to keep up with this team. The Oilers are too good. They're too strong. They score too many goals, and I think they dispatch this team in five wow. as well. So let's move on to the other side, Eastern Conference. You have the President's Trophy winners, which is the best record in the NHL in the regular season. NHL record setting for wins, for points, Boston Bruins taking on the Florida Panthers. What was their final point total, Ross? Uh, I, I believe they ended at 135, which beat the record by three. Um, so, And they set the records for wins, set the records for points. They're going against the Panthers. They, As of us recording this, they beat the Panthers in game one, three to one already. I don't think the Panthers stand a chance against this team. Like they, they, I mean, granted, they have um, Matthew Kachuk on their team, who is a great player. Um, where I, are the Panthers out of? They are Florida. Florida, the Florida Panthers. Um, again, I just, I don't see how the Panthers get it done against this squad. The Bruins, Pasternak is too good. He scored over 60 goals. You have Brad Marchand. You have two of the top five goaltenders in the NHL are on the Bruins. So wow. even if one of their guys goes cold, if Linus Olmark goes cold, who got a little bit hurt near the end of the season, their next guy, every bit a capable backup. This team is too deep. This team is too good. I said there weren't a lot of sweeps in the NHL in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're going to sweep the Panthers for nothing. Wow. I think this game is, this series is not even close. Um, moving on, a bit of a grudge match that has come up over the last few seasons. You have the Toronto Maple Leafs, not Leaves, Maple Leafs, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they've made it to three straight Stanley Cup finals. They've won two of them. Out of the East? Out of the East. Wow. They won the they lost last year to Colorado in the final. They were on the verge of winning three well, in a row. Wow. Three peating. Now, last year, Tampa Bay played Toronto in the in the playoffs. Toronto was up three games to two, had a chance to take them down, lost the next two. Wow. To the Lightning. 
You have a very good Tampa Bay team. You have Mitch Marner, who has had 99 points. You have Nylander, who has 87 points. Austin Matthews, who has 85 points. John Tavares, who was a top draft pick years ago. He's got 80 points. You have... On the flip side, you have Tampa Bay, who has a lot of experience. You have Nikita Kucherov, who has 113 points. Braden, Braden Point, who has 95 points. Steve Stamkos, the guy who's just passed, I think, 1,000 games played with the Lightning wow. this season. 84 points. Um, great ceremony when uh, Vincent LeCavalier presented him with uh, um, presented him in the ceremony for his 1,000th game. You've got now... One thing that's so important in the NHL, especially in the playoffs, is how hot is the goalie? Who has the hot hand in the net? Now, there's one goaltender that I think could be the difference in all of this. And you have, um, in Tampa Bay, you have one of the most clutch goaltenders of all time in Andre Vasilevsky. This is a guy who led them, has helped lead them to three straight Stanley Cup playoffs. This guy is the definition of clutch. This guy is the definition of stand on your head and make a killer save. He has, st- he has broken the hearts of many Toronto Maple Leaf fans throughout the years. That being said, I think this is the year that Austin Matthews and the Maple Leafs get it done and slay the demon and get past him. Mitch Marner and them, they get it done. They take Austin Matthews' plus 31 uh, total when he's on the ice, and they deal with this Maple... They deal with the Lightning team, but it will go to seven games. This is going to be an absolute slobber knocker, as they used to say. This is... this is you say slobber knocker? Yes, this is a slobber Please knocker. say that again. No, I'm, it's a slobber knocker, and it's going to go... It's going to go the distance. So, moving on to there, we have another uh, division-leading team, the Carolina Hurricanes. Again, as we're recording this, there they won game one, two to one over the Islanders. Carolina, even though they are one of the top seeds, they did not end the season well. They struggled, and to point in perspective, again, they beat the Islanders two to one. The Islanders squeaked into the playoffs on the last game of the season as the eight seed. Um, not as the eight seed, sorry, as the seven seed. So the Carolina Carolina is going to win this series, but I think it's going to go six games. They're going to waste a lot of energy trying to beat this pesky Islanders team. So I don't think it works out well for them. Now, Carolina has some good players. They have uh, Martin Nikas. They have Sebastian Ajo. They have Svechnikov. They, they, they've got good guys. They have Jordan Stahl still hanging around. Um, but... It's all going to come on the back of how good is Sebastian Ajo in this series against the Islanders, who have Brock Nelson, um, Zach Parise still around, but it's I just don't see how the Islanders can contend with this Hurricanes team. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a tough one, tough sledding for them. Moving on from there, we move on to what I think is going to be the most interesting series of the first round of the playoffs. And that is the New Jersey Devils versus the New York Rangers. We have division rivals here. The Rangers and Devils were separated by one point at the end of the regular season. The, you look at the Devils, they have Jack Hughes, who had 99 points. His brother Luke Hughes just got moved up to the, the team from the minor leagues. 
So you have both brothers now playing on the team. You have uh, Nico Hischer with uh, 80 points, Dougie Hamilton, 74. Um, but then you have the Rangers, who have one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. And I was just talking about that. You have Igor Shesterkin in goal for them, saving almost 92% of the shots he faces. Rangers have Panarin with 92 points, Zibanejad at 91 points, Adam Fox, 72, Chris Kreider still around. This series is going to go the distance, I think. It's going to go all seven games, but I think the Devils take it with home field advantage, mm. with home ice advantage. And uh, that will that that's going to be my predictions for round one. So we're going to have the Avalanche, the Stars, the Golden Knights, the Oilers, the Bruins, the Maple Leafs, the Hurricanes, and the Devils all taking their opening round series. So who do you got winning the West? You said the Oilers. I think the Oilers, Oilers will come out. They will beat the Golden Knights in round two. I think the Stars, I wanted to amend what I said. I actually think the Stars will take the Avalanche in round two. Oh, wow. And then Golden Knight, oh, sorry, the uh, Oilers will take down the Stars. Oilers will represent the West in the Stanley Cup final. Moving on to the East, the Bruins will take down the Maple Leafs in round two. The Devils take out the Hurricanes. And then the Devils take down the Bruins. No way. The NHL record-setting Bruins to represent the East. And then the Oilers take down the Devils. Are to you lift. a Jersey fan or something? No, I am not. I, just, I have a feeling about this team. And uh, I think the Oilers take down the Devils. In six, you think Canada gets a? I think I Stanley think, Cup. I think Connor McDavid and Drysital lead Canada to Lord Stanley's Cup this season and end the drought. So big that, predictions. We'll see. That, those are big predictions, and of course, these will change as the if when I'm wrong, which I probably will, all predictions wrong are your money back. Um, <laughs> And uh, predictions wrong. and uh, we'll see how things look after round one. But all that to say, I cannot wait to see what this, uh, how this all plays out. And speaking of things playing out, we had some developments in the NFL uh, free agency. Yeah, big contracts coming through. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts got the bag. Today, yeah. Money, money, money. He More got bag than anyone's ever got. What two hundred? I think it was five years, two hundred fifty-five million. Yeah, hundred and. 79. 179 guaranteed. Yeah. So now, uh, Philly has their quarterback for the foreseeable future. At $51 million a year. At $51 million a year. Which I think makes Mahomes the fifth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. You, no? got, you got him. Hurts. Rodgers. Allen. Deshaun Watson. Watson. And then Mahomes. I can't believe Deshaun Watson is in there in that group. Now, it's hilarious. And now, that prompts the question, what's going to happen now to Herbert, Justin Herbert? What's going to happen to Joe Burrow? And then Will... The biggest question is, what happens to Lamar Jackson? Which, I think Lamar is... He's not going to get the money. He, like, if he hasn't gotten it yet... Did you see the reports today? Yeah. Yeah, tell us about it. That he was reportedly offered... $200 $200 million guaranteed. Right. Total. However many years, over how many years. Right. And um, some of that was incentive based, like based on what he, how he performed, it would move up to $200 million guaranteed, like quasi guaranteed. So they called it. But he didn't want that. He wants apparently more than Deshaun got, which was, what did Deshaun get to? 30? 
Uh, yeah, I think it was two thirty. Two thirty guaranteed. Now again, I'm the more this plays out, the more I'm sticking to the Browns did this to try and weed out the other good quarterbacks. <laughs> weed out yeah. Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. That's not a bad theory. I honestly, since you said that, I've been thinking that. I'm like, maybe that's what they've been doing. Yeah. Can you so like, what do you think Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow's contract is going to be now? It'll be it, so it, it's not going to jump crazy. It'll be somewhere around. That 50 million mark between 50 and 55 million. Do you think uh, Burrow goes the 10 year route that nope. Mahomes did? Nope. I think he's too prideful. Really? Yeah. yeah I can. I can. He's see confident that. and cocky. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if his confidence is just confidence or if it's arrogance. If he's cocky and arrogant, he'll take the money. If he's not and he's humble, he'll take the 10 years. Yeah, we- to- to, to get the team, I mean, he's on record saying, "Our Super Bowl window is my, my entire career." career. No, first, that's Clutch. a great line. <laughs> that's a great line. Yeah. By the way, I love the moxie. I love the confidence. Now, I, I want to see how that plays out. It would be cool to see. Now, I also respect it because he's saying that not after they won a Super Bowl, but before it. I love it because, like Michael Jordan said, anyone can talk trash when you're up twenty. Real men talk trash when it's zero zero. I love that. Um, I'm curious to see how that'll play out. I'm curious to see what they do with Justin Herbert's contract because we're talking about a guy who has yet to do anything. He hasn't won a playoff game. He had a 27-point lead yeah, last postseason. Got, got the team better every year. Yeah, and this is... Uh, it's it's just hard when you compare... His, like If you compare Justin Herbert to... Quarterbacks before him, he's doing good, right? Peyton Manning had a losing record his his mm-hmm. his first year, right? Mm-hmm. But when you compare him to his peers at the t- at the same time, it's like, dude, Josh Allen came in was bad for a year, and then bam, playoff, playoff, playoff. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe Burrow came in hurt, and then bam, bam, third year is in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, Mahomes second year MVP, Lamar Jackson second year MVP, like. It's like, oh, man, all the guys are doing really, really, really well early, and Herbert just hasn't. He's He looks good and plays well, mm-hmm. just like you said. The W's aren't there. <laughs> it's t- difficult for him, too, because unlike Josh Allen, whose division is on an overturn, the Bills are the top dog. Herbert's not the top dog right. in his division. He's fighting for legitimacy in that division. With a defensive head coach. Yeah. And then uh, Burrow, the Bengals are the top dog in that division, and they have the offense to boot. Um, I'll, I'll be I'll be very intrigued to see, especially now that the Baltimore Ravens have signed Odell Beckham Jr. Because and this is what's so confusing to me, because L- Lamar is trying to pit himself against the Ravens almost, like give me my contract or I'm leaving. But then he's also recruiting as though he's wearing the Ravens' hat. Well, apparently there was a report that he gave the Ravens an ultimatum that said, bring DeAndre Hopkins and Odell, and I'll I'll return to the negotiating table. And they said, we can't get both of them. We can't afford to get both of them and then go to the negotiating table with you. Mm-hmm. But we'll get one, and that's why they overpaid for Odell. Mm-hmm. It's to be like, here, we got the one. But I think Lamar's like sticking to his gun saying, I said both. Yeah. 
<sighs> which I, I literally, it's funny that, because that report came out, and then the day before, I, I was talking to um, my dad and um, a family friend about football. And I was like, if Lamar, and my dad's just a Lamar hater. And I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, no, he's actually good. Um, and I was like, he just hasn't had anyone to throw to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I asked my dad, I said, Lamar's been in the league five, six years. Can you name one wide receiver who he's thrown the ball to? And he couldn't. He's like, Mark Andrews. I'm like, that's the one, but that's a tight end. Right. <laughs> and you can't name anyone else, right? Right. Um, and my dad watches football, you know? Yeah. He's not like a fantasy guy, so I, the fantasy guys know the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, and I was talking to him, I was like, if, I literally said, I said, if he gets DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham with Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson finishes with a better record than Joe Burrow next year. That's how good Lamar Jackson is. And my dad was like, you're crazy. And I'm like, and then I saw this report the next day and I was like, oh, please make this come true. <laughs> give him Lamar, give him DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham. That would be hilarious. Also, just recap, uh, Dallas is up two to one now in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Tears. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, I just come on, to... Wild. You're the state of hockey. No. Uh, now, it's, now it's Texas time. But anyway, um, so it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out, especially with the draft coming up. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to seeing how free agency ends. I'm looking forward to seeing how um, these teams continue to improve themselves and everyone tries to continue to chase after the Chiefs. And some resolution to these story arcs of Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. Yes. Yeah. So I Stop beating the drum and let's just get it over with. Let's just get it over with. Um, but I'm ready to see how NHL playoffs play out i'm ready to i'm excited for the nba playoffs this is awesome uh by the way kings are up on the warriors by six right now it's the kings are up on the warriors by six by six right now and uh it's give them time yep there's always time um speaking of time until the clock strikes zero (laughs) until the clock strikes zero and speaking of that very thing our clock has struck zero we are out of here for today uh gideon Great to have you back. Yeah, it's in, good to be uh, back. Chair again. Glad I can make it. Yeah. A little it, tired, but we made it work. We made it work, and uh, we're just so glad to deliver another episode for you guys. So, as always, take what you've heard, take it into your city for the kingdom. This has been Ross. That's Gideon. Take care. <laughs>